Coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, perched high atop the banks of the majestic Blackstone River. Greetings from the jewel of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Hello, Mike. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Oh, you know, I could be better. Really, what happened? Something happened? Nothing happened. Uh, it's just one of those things. Well, do you care to elaborate, or are you just no, leave I me think hanging should, today? I think we should get into the show, because this, this is our inaugural show. Is it inaugural or inaugural? It, uh, uh, premiere. premiere. It's not inaugural, because that would mean that it was... This is our premiere podcast event. Oh, that makes more sense. Yes. But we're, we're not new to this sort of thing. No, and actually, this bears some explanation. So, uh, this is Mike, uh, and this is Jay, the other guy. Hello. And uh, we were actually did have a radio show previously on AM radio uh, several years ago. It was very, very successful. We had tens of listeners. We did. Uh, one of them even accosted us in the parking lot one time. Do you remember that? I did, and he he uh, he was espousing his knowledge of Star Trek. He I, yeah, I think. and I think he had a Star Trek shirt on. He got he got upset because we called him out on something. And uh, we we hid in the studio and looked looked through the windows to make sure he wasn't out there when we left. Right, right, because that was uh, it was in Winsocket. If anybody's yes. familiar with that, probably not. If you're listening from across the country, but or across the world, across the world, uh, Winsocket is quite the jewel, so to speak. Winsocket, of this, Rhode Island, of this area, you can look it up online. It's an old Indian name. It means and, uh, pajama pants. That's right. And actually, it's funny you mentioned that. It goes into something we're going to discuss later. But anyway, huh. uh, so there, there's rel- some relatively sketchy individuals that walk around there. So you never know what you're going to get walking out of the studio. No. So it bears an explanation also what our show was about and what this show is going to be about. So the title of the program is the EON Project, which stands for Experts of Nothing. Or EON. Or what I say? EON. I did? You did. Oh. Well, it's EON or Aon. EON? I, say, I like Eon. It flows better. It sounds cooler. It's E-O-N. Yeah. And, and, and the reason that we chose that title is because we are a couple of guys who have a lot of knowledge about uh, – I, I, correction. We have a little knowledge about a lot of things. So we have a little bit to say about a, a vast array of topics. And, and keep in mind, we're not uh, formally educated on any of these topics. Well, Mike well, has a little bit of educational background. I and do. And historically. We'll, we'll get into uh, that during the uh, Significant the things. But uh, I myself am dumb. <laughs> and uh, I just go about uh, reading various things and uh, formulating my own opinion on various topics as well. And the topics that we're going to cover are varied and, and diverse, but mostly are kind of the subjects that you a lot of people like to discuss, but a lot of people don't have a lot of information about, um, meaning non-mainstream topics. So we're going to get into what, what those topics are going to be a little bit later in the show. Um, but it's safe to say that we're going to discuss a lot of things that maybe a lot of people have opinions about. And uh, our goal is to spur discussion, ultimately to get uh, some listener feedback uh, in the form of emails and, uh, and whatnot. Absolutely. And, and as we're a, a, a burgeoning, is that a word? Burgeoning, burgeoning is a word. Like the, uh, you know, the, be- the beginnings of something. Burgeoning meaning coming, coming out Com- of, coming, coming out. Coming up yes. from nothing. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that's what we are here. Yes. And so we're basically, uh, obviously this is the, sh- the first uh, show uh, in-, in this future endeavor here so uh you know there'll be websites coming there'll be uh, other things coming along we're going to be having t-shirts made fabulous prizes to be had prizes we're going to do trivia yeah uh, we're going to have a, a lot of funny segments to the show and as, if you probably didn't get by now and you, a lot of people probably have turned it off um just because of the uh non-traditional manner of this show but we, we do take things very lightheartedly most things that we say are going to be uh funny and uh 
and meant to to entertain more than anything. So op- operationally speaking, uh, we already do have a an email set up, a temporary email, if you would like to email us here, and that's going to be the Eon Project at yahoo.com. That's the, T-H-E, Eon, E-O-N, project at yahoo.com. So it's one of those really high exclusive uh, emails that not not everybody can get a Yahoo. That's right. I Actually, it took me uh, quite some time and effort to get this email. Um, mm. Right about five minutes, I'd say. Five I downloaded the app. Time. Well, and, your attention uh, span is up. usually less than that. So True. What were we just talking about? So anyway, ah. so that being said, uh, I think what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit today about some of the topics we're going to discuss in future shows, and that's going to give you an idea of uh, some of the things we're going to discuss and actually give the listener an opportunity to read up on some of the topics that we're going to talk about so they have a little bit of base of knowledge about what we're going to be discussing. Right. So obviously, as Mike just stated, uh, this is basically just an introduction to kind of the format. And, you know, as we go along, things may change. You know, this is a fluid situation here. Uh, Nothing is set in stone. And obviously being uh, an Internet broadcast, if you will, um, we're not uh, inhibited or limited by by certain things. We can do whatever we want. And uh, it it also we should say that although we we are going to strive to be family friendly, uh, there will be aspects of the show. Sometimes we may uh, drop a swear word or curse word here and again, uh, in, in unintentionally. And some of the topics we discuss are going to be adult in nature, not necessarily related to pornography or anything. Well, like I that. was actually just going to mention uh, there is a segment coming later on about oh. vintage uh, pornography, vintage adult films. I, okay, I, I quite enjoy those. Uh, yeah. I'm not talking about 70s. I'm talking like oh, 1870s. 1870s pornography. First moving picture kind of thing. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah that's something we're going to dive, dive into. So uh, without further ado, uh, I think we're going to jump into the topics. And again, most of the topics we're going to discuss are related to strange events, uh, mysterious history, conspiracy theories, paranormal events, um, and things of that sort. So it's, it's going to be a wide variety of topics. And... Uh, and really, we're going to be open to listener suggestions who might want to hear our take because I don't know why they would want to hear our take, but there may be some people out there who might want to. Absolutely. You know, and some of these things you, some of you have, have heard of in the past, some of you may not. Uh, some are a little more obscure than others, but, yes. uh, you know, with that said, uh, hopefully we can bring a little bit of light and entertainment to your already exciting lives. Humdrum lives. Humdrum. All okay. right. So... One of the topics that, that I – and when we were discussing how we were going to format the show, Jay and I uh, – and it bears some uh, also explanation that Jason and I have been friends for, what, about 30, 35 years? How old are you? Uh, I'm 40. Yeah. So it was about 35 yeah. years ago in the, the mean streets of kindergarten uh, where, we, where we became acquaintances. And unfortunately, we're still friends 35 years later, which not many people can say that. So a lot of the things that we talk about we have a similar take on, but there's, there's things that we differ greatly – and I think that's where a lot of our uh, topics are going to take us. Yeah, and yeah, and, and knowing that we've uh, you know we've known each other for so long, there may be instances of because this is this happens quite frequently in our uh, in our friendly, uh, strictly heterosexual relationship, hetero life mate that we that we argue like a married couple, Sometimes and it uh, you know it does happen. Uh, it's only come to blows a couple of times, <laughs> but uh, it's in a, spectacular for, uh, fashion. Exactly. Yes. So uh, yeah. All right. If you hear a ruckus in the studio, it's just us. <laughs> we'll try not to destroy the microphones. <laughs> so uh, one of the topics that, that, that I wanted to discuss uh, and will be a, the subject of a future show, and we can't get into any of the, uh, the vast majority of details in any of the topics that we're going to briefly touch upon today just because of time constraints and things of that sort. 
But one of the one of the uh, most elaborate conspiracy theories that you've probably may have heard of or might, maybe never heard of, and that's the Pizzagate controversy. Mm. So for those of you who, who don't know what Pizzagate is, so it's a conspiracy that has all of the elements of a Hollywood blockbuster movie, but it's even more unbelievable than that. Uh, and what you have is you have high-placed Washington political figures, Satanism, secret underground tunnels, child sex trafficking, pizza, and ping pong. I like together. pizza and ping pong. I don't think you could play ping pong after eating pizza because your hands would be all greasy. You couldn't you, you couldn't eat grip. pizza while playing ping pong. No, well, that would take some talent. But even after, you know, the, the ball is, is slippery. The ball is slick. And then you have the, the grease. Yeah, it's, it would, People it would be resting. It throws their the game. You would have an unfair advantage if you yourself mm. – we're greasing the balls with pizza grease, and the you know, other person was unaware. Yeah, you know, I wonder if they do that because you know the the Chinese people mm. from China, not just not to say it derogatorily, not from the, the Chinese Chinatown in Boston. No, from oh. Chinese people from China are actually very very good at ping pong. Why is that? You think because they don't have pizza joints, they don't have Chinese pizza. No, and they use chopsticks, right? So yep, they their fingers don't ever touch the greasy food substance. So the hand hand eye coordination is. Is a key there. Well, they eat a lot of uh, of seafood, which helps visual acuity. Mm. Omega threes, omega three fatty acids. Interesting. Yes. Anyway, I'm yeah. sorry. All right. So we we had digressed. So the Pizzagate controversy, it all centers around a quote unquote family pizza joint in Washington D.C. called Comet Ping Pong, uh, which is a weird name. Sounds now, like a sounds like a Japanese uh, uh, variety show. <laughs> Comet Ping Pong. Now, can 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 the average everyday person? Without knowledge of this secret society, just go there and order a pizza? Apparently you can, uh, but there's there's a lot of weird stuff around this pizza joint in Washington, D.C., and it's it's tied direct, directly to some high-placed political figures, uh, mostly through fundraisers held there, and personal relationships between the owner, a man named James Alafantis, mm. a mysterious individual, uh, and some well-known famous folk who have, uh, have frequented the Comet Ping Pong establishment. And a lot of weird stuff has, has come out of this, but essentially... It all started with the famous WikiLeaks email dump of uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign, which was uh, very famous. was in the news. The, the Julia Assange uh, <clears throat> yes. thing so, there. Yeah, so yeah. a bunch of the emails that were uh, from the Hillary Clinton campaign were released, and all sorts of weird stuff started showing up directly related to John Podesta, who was the campaign manager. Have you ever seen that guy? Uh, I've seen him. Yeah, he's a weird looking yeah, dude. Yeah, he, he's a you know just, just not that I profile anyone. No, that would be horrible. But he is an if you could say he's odd looking, I would. Yeah. So some of John Podesta's emails contained what appeared to be code words and uh, secret symbols and whatnot hmm. meant to ob- obfuscate what he was. Do you like that word, obfuscate? I don't know what that means. It means like to conceal. Oh, to conceal the true meaning of his emails, and the uh, the result of which has been that it's suspected that some of the emails that John Podesta was sending are related to child sex trafficking, which is not funny no. uh, at all. But uh, code words, secret symbols, uh, and, and all this stuff in the emails have led to discussion about that the Comet Ping Pong establishment may be a front for a child sex ring. So what's interesting to me is that it's not a bigger deal, and most people haven't heard of it. Mm. If this type of thing was going on in the heart of Washington, D.C. Don't you think that it would be a greater discussion point for people? You know, what I've noticed over the past uh, few years, especially with the political turmoil and, uh, you know, controversies in the, in the country, things that you think would outrage the average human, which they do. Yes. Uh, the people in Washington tend to be untouchable in certain regards. And mm-hmm. it's just they, you know, like the Teflon Dons, so to speak, of the political world. Mm. You know, Hillary obviously being one. 
Uh, and, and there's many, there's many like that. Well, do you think that maybe part of that is that the media really, a lot of people are dependent on the media, the mainstream media telling you what's a story and what's not a story. Pretty much. So if, if the mainstream media ignores something or, or comes out and says, this is not, this is not a real story. Most people just turn it off at that point. Right. And in, in, in my opinion, the mainstream media is pretty much fed the stories that are, that they, that other people deem important and things. And obviously they try to downplay the things that they don't want uh, mm-hmm. making headlines. So, and obviously this, this being one and, you know, one of their defenses was that, you know, it's so outrageous and outlandish. There's right. no way this could possibly be true. Right. And they didn't give it any, a, a minute of credibility. Right. And, and actually, along those same lines, people who have been attempting to independently investigate the Pizzagate scandal, if you will, uh, are meeting with all sorts of censorship from social media sites such as Facebook, Reddit. Mm. Uh, other, other sites are actually actively blocking people who are posting uh, stories about Pizzagate. And one has to wonder, why would they do that? If it's not a story and there's nothing there, then why are they blocking people who are posting things about it? it exactly. Make, that doesn't make, it doesn't sense. make sense. So we're going to delve into Pizzagate on a, on a future show, how it started. Uh, what could be going on there and the latest developments in the case. Absolutely. Wonderful. Yeah. Great. So that's just a little tease on that one. Yes. So if you haven't heard of it uh, previous to that, go and check it out and uh, do a little reading and research on your own. Yes, agreed. So what's next? Oh, I'm still going? No, no, no. I'll go. Yeah, we're going to alternate. Oh, we are? Yeah. Back and forth? Back like, and like forth. Like a ping pong match. Wow. That was a great was segue. Yep. And my hands are slightly greasy, but not mm. from pizza. Also from disturbed. something that disturbed. happened previous to your arrival here today. Hopefully it happened way before I arrived. All right. <clears throat> and, and, you know, obviously we're going to run the gamut, if you will, of various topics. So ironically um, enough, and uh, the maybe on the opposite end of the spectrum from Pizzagate, we're going to be talking about uh, interesting religious icons and religious mysteries, mm. if you will, Um and, and some of those, and I'm sure that you've heard of, and this one came to my attention because recently it's, uh, there's been some, some more in-depth documentation and documentaries about it that I've been uh, participating and partaking in, <clears throat> one of which is the Shroud of Turin, Ooh. which, Mike, I'm sure you've heard of the Shroud of Turin before. I have heard of the Shroud before. of Turin. Uh, and some of you, most of you probably have, and it, it's the supposed burial cloth of Jesus Christ, as we all know, when he was uh, crucified. Uh, supposedly taken down from the cross, wrapped in this burial cloth. Which was the custom of the day. It was. It was. And then, obviously, when the disciples went back to check on the tomb, along with Mary, uh, he was gone. And they found the uh, the strewn-about remnants of the of the burial cloth. Cloths, actually. We'll talk to More about... More than one cloth. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but supposedly, the Shroud of Turin has the uh, the image, almost like a photographic image, if you will, of the crucified and tortured body of Jesus, permanently affixed to the shroud. Uh, And there's been some debate and controversy over the years. Obviously, the believers will say that it's, uh, you know, that it's a miracle and that it's, uh, you know, uh, from the actual resurrection. It's a supernatural uh, icon. Exactly. Supernatural uh, artifact. Correct. Like like, like a a Xerox copy, uh, if you will, of the resurrection as it occurred. Um, The only problem is, is that, Really, the date it's only dated as going back to the 1300s. Before that, it's difficult to find uh, any record of it. I mean, they're, they're, I can assume that they've done uh, scientific tests on this. They have actually. There's been a number of well, actually, two major scientific uh, uh, forays into investigating this this shroud. I think one was 1978 and one was 
1988, and it was actually the, the Shroud of Turin Research Project, I believe, STERP or something of that. STERP. Of that. It's important to have an important-sounding name. And actually, believe it or not, the Catholic Church, which is normally very closed-doored when it comes to certain things like this, they actually granted uh, several scientists five days full access oh. to the Shroud to conduct uh, various testing to include uh, different types of photography. Uh, you know, they had like uh, people taking samples of the shroud to carbon. They washed their hands <clears throat> to carbon away. date it, as well as taking uh, uh, mic- micro particles off of the the linen itself. Um, and so they did a lot of research. And to this day, uh, science is smart as they think they are. They still cannot fully determine the origins of the shroud. They can't really mm. reproduce it, uh, right? As as it is in its current form. Um, very interesting. So, that, and that's one of the things we'll delve into a little bit more. And, and going along with that is, uh, is something called the Sidarium of Oviedo. Sidarium. Oh. The Sidarium, which is basically... A Sidarium sounds like uh, a room and a home that I can't afford. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, it does. Like a room that, you know, it's, it's, maybe there's a piano in it. Now, w- remember, the, remember the board game Clue? Of course. What was the one room? It sounded much like that. The con- cons- was it a conservatory? Conservatory. Yes, yes. Now, what was the, what's a conservatory in a home? <clears throat> what is that? Uh, I, I don't know. I think that a conservatory would mean something along the lines like a, like a music room. You know how they have it? Mm. Uh, so there'd be like a piano there'd be and a, a piano, harp in there. Maybe a drum set. I see. A pan flute. Some sort of but, uh, but the But the game clue was a fun game. You know, I never understood the game, and we just cheated. It was difficult. So you just kind of guessed, and you had to move around the board. And you had to put things in a little envelope I, and guess the, what was in there. Yeah, and we always would lose the weapons, so you would have to get killed with the lead pipe because that was the only thing that was left. I liked the little secret passageway that you could go from one end of the board to the other. You know, along the lines of the Clue board mm. game, the Clue movie. Great was, movie. was a ter- terrific movie. Oh, God. Uh, underrated. Yep. Hilarious. Tim Curry. Tim Curry uh, played the butler. He did. And uh, What a twist at the end there. You know, we shouldn't give it away. Even though the movie came out about 30 years 1985. ago. 1985. <laughs> we shouldn't give a lot away of, the A ending. lot of stars in it. Christopher Lloyd was yep, in it. Yep, Christopher Lloyd. Um, Madeline Kahn. Madeline, yeah, Madeline Kahn was in it. Who, who else is in that? Uh, let's see. It, it was... Um, Martin Mull. Martin Mull, yes. Yeah. The, the 80s. The 80s uh, uh, he was at WKRP in Cincinnati. Yes, was he and he, that? yes, and he was also in Mr. Mom. He, he played he was. The, uh, the, the, uh, the, the creep of a, of a boss. He did. Yes. All right. Anyway. Sorry. So, but getting back to that. so That's going to happen on this show, just so you're aware. The su- sudarium is basically uh, another cloth, supposedly, that was found in the, the, the burial tomb of Jesus. And this is believed to be the cloth that covered the face of Jesus. Uh, it has blood stains on it. And it actually, the, the, the provenance of this actually that's a good word. is more, uh, uh, it goes back further and is more documented, so to speak. Hmm. But they've compared the two. Uh, and the shroud and the sudarium, and they both have human blood on them, and they say that the the blood patterns kind of match up. So I don't know. I've never heard of the that. You never heard of the sudarium? No. I and and it's interesting that they would differentiate between the two. So that means that must mean that one of them is significantly different from the other. One of them is just a small cloth, which is in Spain Ah. currently, and the shroud is obviously in Italy, in in Turin, Italy. And during this during that broadcast, we're probably going to delve into. Not just not just whether these items are real, but also that multiple fakes and 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 people claiming to have religious icons, you know, are, are all over the place. Exactly. I mean, and that's that's a big uh, uh, it's a profitable venture uh, across the world is faking religious icons because right. everybody wants to say that they have, you know, the the nail that nailed Jesus to the right. cross or the staff that Moses used to part the Red Sea. And uh, I always wanted to have a staff. 
Just walk around with a staff. I don't have a staff, but I have a, a homemade walking stick that well, I made. Is a staff a walking stick or is it a cane? No, a staff is it's longer. Just like, a, like, like Gandalf would have. Right, or like a shepherd kind of. Does it have to have one of those uh, uh, curly? It's got to have the curly cue on it because ah. that helps. That helps Moses shepherd staff the... had one of those. Well, it does because he How had do to you shepherd know? his flock. Were you there? I was there, in in spirit. Hmm. Anyway, okay. So religious icons. It's going to be a cool show. That'll be an interesting one, and I, and I'll just go in quickly to my next one, and then you can. Why don't you go ahead? You can take over after that. Sounds good. So, uh, once again, we're 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 running the table here on different different topics, and we're just giving you a little delve and a little taste of of different things. Uh, one thing that's near and dear to my heart, and I and I know Mike as well is. Is anything associated with military, military mm. history, military yes. traditions, customs and courtesies, things of that sort? As both of us did serve uh, in the military. We at, did? At one time. Oh, that's right. It was so long ago. I, it, was, it was long ago and I many moons. I tend to forget. Yes. I try to forget, actually, some of the things <laughs> that I've experienced and people that I've met and women that I've seen oh, around the world. You've seen. Seen. In the biblical sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Did, did you have, you didn't have a liaison, did you? Uh, no, oh, I'm sorry. Dangerous liaison. Anyway, uh, so military histories or military conspiracies, and one oh. I like to, one I, I heard about uh, not too long ago on a, and a, uh, a, a more famous radio program. More uh, famous than ours. Yeah, which will remain nameless. It's horrible. Uh, there it was a gentleman on there talking about something called uh, War Plan Crimson mm. or War Plan Red. I don't know if Mike's ever heard of that. I have. Well, it sounds like a a, a future a future game like a call of duty war plan crew yeah yeah so i'm just going to touch on it briefly um being that i haven't done the full research on it but i Mm. i just i'm just pulling things off the top of my head but basically uh back in the early part of the 20th century the united states you know the united states war games against all nations pretty much in the event that you know, obviously, someday somebody's our friend. The next day, they could be our enemy. So just, they need to be prepared. They so need to be just, prepared right. for all kinds of things. And one thing I had never heard of was this w- war plan crimson, which uh, they they basically had different color codes for different countries. And crimson was the color code of Canada. Ah. And Britain was red. Canada was crimson, ah, like because, a shade of yes, red. I see that. And basically, what we were doing is we were war gaming against a possible all-out battle with the United Kingdom. And so, well, why not? It's happened a few times in our past. Exactly. Uh, so this was like in the 20s and 30s that they were that they in- initially were planning this sort of thing. And believe it or not, they took it to the point where they started building military installations across the the northern border of the United States hmm. uh, because they were anticipating or uh, possibly even looking to provoke. Who knows? Who knows? A a war with the United Kingdom. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that there was a a very underrated movie came out years ago called Canadian Bacon with uh, John Candy. <laughs> And it, the topic was uh, the a potential war with Canada between the United States and Canada. Mm. Very well acted, uh, meaningful dialogue. Yes, I'm just kidding. It was a horrible movie. I never saw that one. It was disgusting. I Don't... thought I actually thought you were going to refer to the to the movie War Games with Matthew Broderick. No, but that's something for another. Sh- you know, that would be a great idea for a show. Just '80s movies that were just awesome. Here's a quick trivia question for you. What was the name of the supercomputer in the War Games movie with Matthew Broderick? That was the Whopper. It was the Whopper. The W-O-P-R. That's right. Yes. It was run by a fat man with a uh, bald head. That's right. Who was uh, neurotic and And he kept running around the thing going, ah, the Whopper. And they went went crazy. They lost control of the Whopper. They had to outthink it. You know what? And thinking back to that movie, there was a little little LCD screen on the thing that said there was a game playing. It was right on top of it. And they were studying this Whopper machine. They could have known that there was a... It was a game from the very beginning. They could have known that. They didn't need to have a movie. But then Matthew Broderick's career would have 
stagnated at a young That's age. That's true. That's true. So and anyway, Ali Sheedy was in that movie as well. <laughs> she was. Very was that uh, pre or post Sixteen Candles? A nubile Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy was not in Sixteen Candles. She so. wasn't. No, that was Molly Ringwald. No, no, no. She was in that. Well, she played the uh, the aloof, dark-haired aloof. Uh, not Sixteen Candles. Breakfast Club. I'm sorry. Yeah, bre- no, no. She was not the aloof. Yes. No. Ali Sheedy was the basket case that sat in the back with the, the hair in her face and yes. dandruff. That's what I meant. Did it's I use aloof? What does aloof really mean? That word long. What, long. Is it, what does it mean? Aloof meaning like you're a snob. Well, she kind of was. Not really. She's just nuts. Anyway. So Warplant Crimson. How do we get to Breakfast Club? And what 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 sidetracked Warplant Crimson? You think, the, hmm. but, which kept us from having a war with England? I would say uh, the, uh, the introduction of um, Britney Spears onto the the close the scene. Close. It was the introduction of Adolf Hitler, Almost. who uh, who started a war in Europe, and then obviously ah. the Japanese were fighting in the Pacific, and okay. so we had to befriend England once again. And uh, Whoa. and we, we, that really worked out for us. It did. We defeated uh, fascism in every form. Yes, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a good show. It will be. You done with that one? Sure. All right. So we've talked about religious icons. We talked about PizzaGate. We talked about Warplane Crimson. Next topic we're going to dive into, and this is one that I find to be fascinating. I think that you got you all out there would as well, and that's going to be the Smiley Faced Killer Gang, which everyone is going. What the hell is he talking about, the Smiley Face Killer Gang? It sounds like a skit on Saturday Night Live or it something. It does. And in actuality, this is a, it, it, this, this is a theory that's kind of out there. It's kind of scary if you think about it's it, It's scary. Though. It's creepy. And essentially what it is is since the 1990s, there's been dozens of suspicious deaths from around the country, around the United States, that are thought to be connected to one person or group that has come to be known as the Smiley Face Killers. And you're probably thinking, what are you talking about? Mm. So it, this is actually started as a theory by two retired NYPD detectives, uh, Keith Gannon and Anthony Duarte, uh, who began to see eerie similarities between the deaths of some college-age men in various areas around the country. Upwards of 45 cases of, of, of deaths, suspicious deaths, of college-age athletic men uh, who, had, who had basically gone missing from bars and other public places are later found drowned in some sort of body of water, which... Actually, just happened very recently here in Boston, in the Boston area. There was actually one in uh, in Providence a few years back, right? That that I can recall. That well, it, it fit along the lines of what we're talking about, right? So, in at least twelve of these cases, according to these detectives, graffiti in the form of a smiley face was found in the vicinity where the body was thought to have been em- dumped into the water, leading some to believe that the graffiti was some kind of calling card left by the killer or killers. Uh, which is creepy. You think about it, mm. smiley faces. I always thought smiley faces were creepy anyway. Depends know? on what in what form, though. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the cases seem to occur with great frequency, and the nature of the cases lead many to believe that the men simply got drunk and fell into the water. Mm. So that being said— Which does happen, by the way. Of course it does. Of course it does. However, if you, let's just put yourself in the position of a crazed killer or group of uh, satanic killers. I say satanic because I don't know. Well, the the one one. This is a little known fact as well that the smiley face is actually a symbol of Satanism. I did not know that. That's because I just made it up. Okay, so uh, let's just say you were a, a group of killers and you wanted to kill as many people as you could. Mm-hmm. You would probably have to go through go to great lengths to uh, conceal your crimes as being crimes, right? Sure. So what better way to do it than make it look accidental? And here you go. You get all of these uh, these young men who. Uh, are out drinking, and this is almost in almost every single case that I've read about, are out drinking, disappear from a bar or a, 
public event, and this last one in Boston was he was at the Celtics game, mm-hmm. actually, and then disappear and are found later drowned in a body of water. Now, I've been drunk a lot in my life. Mm. I, I think you have as well. You're drunk now. <laughs> <laughs> I've never almost fallen into a body of water, and I've been around a lot of bodies of water. And so, Well, I, I can say this, not to interrupt you, no, but, but I, I think one of the unwritten rules, if you will, and going back to, to the military is something I learned back then when I was a youngster first going into the military, is they always said if you're out drinking, out in town, never wander off alone. That's correct. And, You've done that, though. And, I know, and here's the I've thing, and that was a rule that we that we that were hard and fast that we lived by yeah. until until one evening the partying got too too <laughs> too fierce and too wild, and uh, the alcohol consumption was much too much for me to to to, to withstand anymore, mm. and I had to leave the establishment, and I wandered out. This is this is in an overseas uh, village, which was dangerous. <laughs> the fact that I'm here today is amazing. It is amazing because we all thought you were dead. Yeah, it was well over the legal limit. I started wandering around darkened alleyways mm-hmm. uh, in a very seedy part of town. The and only thing that saved you was they probably thought that if this person is is so brave as to be <laughs> out here by himself, uh, he's probably pretty badass. We shouldn't, uh, yeah. we shouldn't mess with him. Yeah, and I, I, I continuing on, I stumbled into an establishment. I got kicked out because the, <laughs> the lady in there didn't want me there. And then I, somehow I found my way back to the bar and crumbled on the sidewalk. And then... You know, obviously the partying ended. They came out and carried me home. But I made it. I made yeah. it. But I could see how I could have very easily been a victim of the smiley, f- yes. the Japanese version of the if smiley was, face killers. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, it's an interesting case. Uh, as I said, dozens and dozens of deaths around the country supposedly related to this group or groups, uh, group or, or individual. And uh, we're going to get into that. I think it's a very interesting case. Oh, that's good. So I'm keeping going. Yeah, go for it. One of the areas that we're going <clears> to <throat> delve into is unexplained events and to me, one of the most interesting type of unexplained events are uh, time slips or in, uh, interdimensional visitations or interdimensional travel. Mm. And one of the cases that I stumbled upon in preparation for, for this episode was uh, just to give a, a very quick example of what a an interdimensional event may look like. Excuse me. So I'm going to set the scene for you. Ready? I'm ready. I'm setting the scene. Hold on. Give me two seconds. Okay. You ready? Yep. So... July 1954, Tokyo Haneda Airport. Where were you in July of 1954? Um, I think I was in uh, Liechtenstein. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was learning how to make homemade uh, lederhosen. Um, yep, that's what I was doing. That's a nice hobby. July 1954, Tokyo Haneda Airport. A man arrives at the customs customs desk seeking entry into Japan. Uh, Caucasian in appearance, nothing noteworthy to the customs official except for the fact that he was carrying a passport from the country of Taured, T-A-U-R-E-D. Never heard of it. Neither did the customs official, mm. which sparked some uh, interest, obviously. Uh, the individual spoke French as his native parent language uh, and passable Japanese, so that wasn't the issue. But the problem is, is that Taured is not a country, at least according to the customs folks. Right. So they started looking at this guy as, as being a potential criminal. Hold uh, on, spell that again. T-A-U-R-E-D. Yep. R-E-D, okay. Okay. So he had a passport from the country of Torred, had stamps from countries all over the world. So this person had been uh, legit. Everything looked legitimate. Uh, and the customs people had no idea what the heck was going on. The guy seemed very put out mm. that he was being questioned about where he was from. And, and uh, they started asking him some questions about where was Torred. And the guy said it was located between France and Spain and had been a country for over a thousand years. Uh, they gave him a map. They said, point to Torred on it. And he pointed to... Uh, the, what we call the country of Andorra, which, as you know, is a very small 
uh, European nation. Very tiny. Yes. So thinking that the guy might be a criminal, like I said, the Japanese customs people decided they needed to, to detain the man so they could figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. So they put him in a hotel for the night, thinking that you know they're going to look into it, and then they're going to come back to him in the morning. To make sure he didn't run off, they put a couple of armed guards on the guy, make sure he didn't run away. Trouble is, next morning, when they went to go look for him, he was gone. Vanished Where, from the hotel. Where'd he go? Guarded from a guarded room several floors up, mm. including all of his belongings. Never never saw him again. No one ever saw him Did again. Did he Uber his way out of there? Oh, this was before Uber. Oh. So, uh, are human beings capable of traveling between dimensions? Are there, Or are there... Are there multiple universes in existence all at the same time, and we're just in one of many? Uh, and if so, from time to time, can people slip from one to the other, or even jump through time on purpose? Well, so, you know, that's a, that's you know, you, you go back to, to mainstream science, and you know, for years, obviously, you know, scientists think they know everything when clearly they don't, and they they scoffed, scoffed, if you will, yes, made light of, laughed at. I pe- enjoy scoffing people who 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 brought up the theory of parallel or multiple universes, yes. and now it's all the rage. That's the rage. It's, yes, you listen to any of these people, and they're oh yeah, oh yeah. There's a famous, uh, I think he's a Japanese man, uh, Doctor Michio Kaku. Yes, yes, who is a who is a very smart man, obviously, who. He is an advocate of that that being a potential. Yeah, he's. A, I believe he's a theoretical physicist. Yes, very smart, much smarter, smarter than, than I. Smarter than we. I, I've I read one of his books. Did you really? Very, very much, uh, over my head. Ah, so you probably didn't read it. No, I'm I'm more into Dr. Seuss. <laughs> so we're gonna get into to this case and and maybe some potential other ones where there's strange occurrences. What what could the deal be? You know, keep in mind we're not the smartest pickles in the jar, so we might devolve rapidly into funny tomfoolery mixed with science and fact. Are you into the pickle? And I, I don't mean it in a... Oh, uh, thank you. This I, is a family show. I don't, I don't mean it in that sense. I mean oh. in the, uh, the, the side, the side uh, you know, you know what? delight the that you get with I, the dinner. I look at the pickle as a necessary evil, if you will. Mm. It's something that it's there. If it wasn't there, I wouldn't notice that the pickle wasn't there. See, I feel like it's because you get the people, they love the pickle or they hate the pickle. I don't know if there's an in-between with the pickle. I'm in-between. Are you really? I'm the first person. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But here's the thing. I prefer the dill-style pickle over the, say, bread and butter crisps. You know, those, those, oh. that style? Why do they call it bread and butter? It doesn't taste like bread I don't and know. Butter. But I will tell you this, and, and here's a pickle side to, for you. Here's a pickle for the pickle. Here's a side of pickle. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, they have various uh, flavorings now. And one that I had uh, a few years back was, you know, uh, uh, the dill pickle. They have flavorings. But it was a Tabasco-flavored dill oh. pickle. Had a spice to it. It was right. delicious. It was a, made by Vlasic. Uh-huh. Vlasic pickles. The Vlasic, is that is that the one with the stork? It is. It's a stork. Come to find out, I I met the inventor of the Vlasic uh, Tabasco pickle. What? Uh, a female uh, known known to uh, a very per- close uh, person very close to me. Mm. And I got to meet this woman. I, I sang her praises. This oh, it was story great. I've never heard no, before. No, it was, it was wonderful. It was, wow. it was, I felt like I was in the, the company of royalty. <laughs> and uh, so you got to go out and try. I don't even know did if they you, make them anymore. Did you ask for uh, some some stockpile of, of pickles? Uh, I asked for a tour of the pickle factory. Uh, I've yet to receive that. Let me ask you this. Sure. Uh, is a pickle considered a vegetable? Because it's a cucumber. It is a cucumber. But, but does... Soaking in the brine magically transform the the cucumber into a non-vegetable? It does. It does. It changes it its chemical, chemical composition. Comp- that's correct. Yes. yes, so it falls in a different category. So it's not a vegetable edible. So what is it? Is it a, is a garnish? Is it is it a garnish? Uh, man, that's I don't know. What would, would, would you categorize? It would be kind of like a slaw. Like, what is slaw? Well, garnish you don't eat. No, no, you don't eat. Well, you could. You I could. eat parsley. Well, actually, many people don't know that parsley... 
was originally put on dis uh, on dishes as to be eaten at the end of the meal mm. to freshen one's breath. Doesn't it help in digestion also? I don't know about that. It was it was designed to chew on it, uh, to 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 uh, to freshen the breath. You know, for after dinner activities. Cust- customarily in Europe, they eat the salad last. Yes, that's correct. Because uh, it does aid in the digestion. Aid in the roughage. Because they eat a lot of uh, they have a lot of courses over there. They do. Yes. Mm. What are we talking about? Oh gosh, time slips. That we just slipped. I think we're dimensional. Just so we're gonna pickle, talk pickle slip. We're gonna talk about that. It's gonna be interesting. Lots of fun. Mm. So moving on from there, one of the topics we're gonna get into, and this is gonna come. This is gonna be a repeat uh, throughout many of our episodes. I think is gonna be also related to military history. Is a lot of weird stuff happens in military history, right? Mm. One of the areas that's near and dear to my heart is the uh, American Revolutionary War, which uh, I do have a little bit of background in, in studying. But many people, many people know about the American Revolutionary War. They know the basic facts, uh, at least some of them. They never get past the major point. So everyone knows that Paul Revere rode a horse someplace, uh, Washington across the Delaware. Some British people came and went places and stuff. But that's about all they know. So what's more fascinating than that is just the history of the Revolutionary War. Is it, there's a wide variety of weird stuff that's happened that happened during the war that many people don't know anything about. For instance, here's a question for you: Did God favor the American side? That was the thought of many. The thought of many, right. And many people think that that's correct. However, there were, there were multiple occurrences during the Revolutionary War that, make people, that may prove that fact, mm. that supernaturally uh, God intervened and interceded on behalf of the Americans. And many believe that Washington was protected, did they not? As a matter of fact, uh, did Washington himself have a, have a badass guardian angel uh, who protected him from, from, from harm? And actually there were several... Can, several occurrences during the Revolutionary War where Washington should have been killed. Mm. And even before the war, he should have been killed as a young militia captain uh, during the Braddock campaign in the uh, what the British call the Seven Years' War. We're going to get into that. Um, but there's a lot of weird stuff about, you know, supernaturally, did, did was there divine intervention on the part of the Americans? Aside from that, there's a lot of unanswered questions about some very, very significant things that took place during the Revolutionary War. For instance, Who's the mysterious widow who actually may have saved America with her private parts? Was that uh, uh, well, the? I want on. you to research it. Oh, you want me to research it? Yeah. Okay. So many people don't know about the mysterious widow. The, the Mary Pitchshifter was that it? I don't Something know where that, like name, that where that name comes pitch, from. Pitch, pitcher, pitcher pub. Mary Pitcher. Yeah. Molly Pitcher. Molly Pitcher. Yeah. What did she do? She was. She had, she a, pl- pitch, she had a pitcher of beer. Oh, who's the one that pretended the... that she was a man and fought? Uh, Molly battles. Pitcher actually manned a uh, when her husband was killed. Oh, manned, that's what manned it was. a cannon. Yes, um, but that's a story for another day. Okay. Another question: Did Paul Revere have a magic dog, and did he use worn ladies' underwear to complete a historic mission? I know a lot of people that do that. That do that use use they use, use they use uh, yes soiled undergarments for various uh, for various things various things. Well, this is for important reasons, oh. not not for what you're talking about. Okay. Was George Washington granted a vision of what would befall America in the coming centuries, including predictions for our future today? Hmm. Many people think that George Washington was was divinely inspired and was actually given clues and visions about what what was going to take place in America. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, there's no shortage of strange, ghostly, supernatural, weirdo stuff regarding the revolution. We're going to try to get to a lot of it. If he was so protected by God, how come how come he didn't have any teeth? He had various teeth throughout his he life. He had bad teeth. He did. Well, you know, a lot of people don't know that the a lot of people had bad teeth. Do you know why? Well, obviously, I mean, uh, lack of dental work is probably a good one. Yeah, I mean, the, the the hygiene back then wasn't as it is today. No, but however, it was a common practice of the time to 
<laughs> when you in, imbibing tea, which many people imbibed tea mm. at the time, they were to they sucked it through a sugar cube. So they would put a sugar cube ah. in their mouth and they would take the tea into their mouth and they would suck it through the cube which flavored the tea with sugar, but also was terrible for your teeth because you had a block of sugar on your teeth all the time because they drank tea all the time. You know, as a youth, what I would do is when, when nobody was looking, adult persons weren't looking, I would sneak into the, the cabinet where the confections were held and the, the flavorings, and I would grab one of two things. I'd either grab the sugar dish, and I would take a spoon, and I would spoon sugar into my mouth. I'd hide in a mm. closet, and mm-hmm. I would eat sugar, spoon it into my mouth. <laughs> do you have all your teeth? I do. Oh. And if, if sugar wasn't readily available, I would use Kool-Aid mix. I would just take oh, Kool-Aid mix. Which is mostly sugar anyway. I would eat it dry out of the container. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Did you ever get caught doing that? Uh, I never got caught. I did have a lot of cavities as a youth, though. Yeah. No kidding. My, my blood sugar now is fine. It's okay. I don't have the betas or anything. You don't got the diabetes? No. The Wilford Brimley? Is he alive? Is Wilford Brimley alive? He's not, but his mustache is. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So... You know, that's just another t- one of the topics we're going to get into. And I do have one more. Oh, can I get into one? And then you can oh, finish Oh, I thought it you off? were done. No, I got one I'm more. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, my God. I'm just trying to dominate. There may be a fight today. Mm. Uh, okay, so in, historically speaking, I mean, uh, a lot of the things we talk about, obviously, we'll talk about some current events topics, going, uh, uh, maintaining the historical uh, aspect of, of the discussion. And something I, I find very interesting I like to I like to challenge the mainstream outlook on things. You know, when mainstream historians and scientists proclaim to know and mm. think they know everything, uh, but yet they can be so narrow-minded, which I think is hysterical. Yes, I agree. Uh, they they need to have a more of a broad vision of things, mm-hmm. uh, be more accepting of different theories, right, and such. And and somebody one, has to. And one of those that is near and dear to my heart for some reason I don't know why. Maybe because in a past life, I I fell into one group category like a legitimate past life i have we can talk about past life regression we'll do past lives too because i i i have many past life stories well we have a lot of uh, we have actually a couple of stories of of strange supernatural occurrences that are uh, regarding past lives absolutely we can get into that so one thing that i find very interesting and you know uh and just just as the title would would say pre pre pre-columbian uh explorers of the americas okay And, and what do i mean by that so once again, as we learned in school, narrow-mindedly, um, we're always taught to think, oh, Christopher Columbus discovered America. He sailed the ocean blue in 1492. Don't get me wrong. He did sail. He did come here. He did. He never made it to main, uh, mainland America. He landed in the islands, in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, and all he really did was he Is opened- it Caribbean or Caribbean? Because when you go on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, it's Caribbean. It's not, it's not Caribbean. They don't say Caribbean? No, they don't say Pirates of the Caribbean. Jack Sparrow. How does he pronounce it? They say- I don't think he says Caribbean in any of the movies. He doesn't. Hmm. You know, I've never seen any of those movies. Really? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan they're of Johnny pretty, Depp, to good. be honest. He, Johnny Depp is he's okay. I lost interest after 21 Jump Street. That was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so uh, I could say that Columbus is would be regarded as the person that opened up mainstream Europe to the idea of exploiting the Americas. Mm-hmm. But other than that, uh, we know of several groups of people that not only explored the Americas way prior to Columbus, but actually set up permanent residence here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just give a couple quick examples. One being the, the Norse, right. uh, the Vikings, as we know. Some of us may not understand or even know that uh, they came here thousands of years. Well, not thousands of years, but the year around the year, from between the year 800 to you know, 11, 1200, uh, they were frequenting the, the northern Atlantic 
uh, ocean routes to come here. They mm. had established permanent residence. Wow. Uh, in parts of Canada and Greenland. Um, and some even think that they stayed here and intermixed with the local indigenous populations. Uh-huh. There's evidence of that. Uh, there's also evidence that the Polynesians sailed the seas. And, you know, the Polynesians were an amazing mm. seafaring people. I saw Moana. I know. Peoples. Uh, Thousands of years ago, they're island hopping island all over hopping. the place. Island. Now, let me yeah. ask you this. Sure. Were they island hopping because their own islands uh, had run out of resources and they needed to get to someplace? Here's an interesting fact. They actually, it's actually the largest country in the world in terms of land area because of all the islands that they uh, that they inhabit I see. And, the, and the Pacific Ocean. So hmm. as far as land area. Well, or, the Polynesian people is not one, per, not one group of people, isn't it? Many, many subgroups nope nope the polynesians just one polynesians the rock the rock is a polynesian but there's evidence to think that they uh sailed they continued sailing eastward and landed in south america um there's things there Hmm. that wait i I need to steal a a joke from a movie oh um you know someone was a polynesian she was half polynesian and half american she was an amnesian did she remember who she was nope no idea (laughs) Uh, so, so there's, it will delve, delve more into that at a, at a future future date. But one that I thought was even the most interesting, um, and I wouldn't even say they were explorers; they were just groups of people that were wandering. As we know, they, uh, uh, you know, science claims that the native peoples that were in the Americas when Columbus arrived came via the uh, Bering Strait land bridge. Yes, how it was all frozen, and they basically walked over from walked Asia over. Yes. and then populated the Americas. Right. However, there's Which a, would explain why many Native American groups have uh, Asian uh, appearances or, or have Asian-influenced Correct. But th- there is a lesser-known uh, lesser theory that says during the last ice age, when the, the, the northern um, glaciers and ice mm-hmm. came further down into the Atlantic, closer to New England, and literally connected Europe, northern Europe, and the, the northern parts of North America. Oh. And there was a group of people called the Salutrians. I don't know if you ever heard of them. The, yes, aren't they? Uh, they're aligned with the Romulans and the Klingons. No, no, no. And they, against the Empire. They opened for oh, KC and the Sunshine Band back in '76 oh, at Madison Square Garden. Yes, Salutrians. The Salutrian Five. Correct. Interesting. Anyway, the Salutrians were a group of cave dwellers, cave peoples, Ooh. in parts of France and Germany, uh, tens of thousands of years ago, and they used. Uh, they were known for using. Uh, primitive tools such as arrowheads and flint, things of that sort, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, for hunting and, and and things like that. There's evidence <clears throat> that the Salutrians made their way across the North North American land bridge, uh, if you will, for lack of a better term at this time. They basically hugged the the coast of the the ice passageway and made their way to America thousands upon thousands of years ago. Interesting. And they've actually found evidence of very specific arrowheads. Nobody in the Americas was using at the time. Only the Salutrians were using. They found them along the east coast of the United States. Oh. Uh, so there's, there's evidence that those people came here and intermingled with the native peoples at, already, and they created a hybrid culture. I've never found an arrowhead. Yeah. I always wanted to find one. I thought I found it one time, but I don't think it was. It was I think it rock. just fell off the back of a dump truck. Oh. But it was, it was arrow-shaped. I never find anything good. No. You know? Although, you know, I found $5 in the street a few weeks back. Really? Gave it to my kids. They bought candy with it. When I was a kid, I found $20 at McCoy Stadium for Whoa. the Pawtucket Red Sox, the AAA affiliate of the Boston Red Sox. Yep. And I was uh, I was walking around the uh, the stadium un- un- unaccompanied, 
and I found a $20 bill. Mm. And I knew what would happen if I brought my $20 bill back to my father. He would have taken it. Oh, you'd have never seen it again. Never saw it again nope. because my dad never had money. My mom always took his money. So he, he would have said, hey, I have cash. So what I did was I spent it. You, did you engorge yourself? I, well, you know, I was a portly child. So I, did, I think I did have a, a few foodstuffs. But I did buy, I think I bought a batting glove and one of those little helmets. So what know? did your dad say when you showed up at all? He that? goes, where'd you get all that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I found $20. He said, why didn't you bring it to me? And I said, because you would have taken it. And I just spent it. And he money. said, you're right. He's absolutely right. Yeah. Right. It, like if my kid gave me $20, I, I would take it as well. You know what my favorite thing was at the Paw Sox game when I was a kid? What's that? The little, uh, the little toy helmets that you get ice cream in. Like the, oh, batting, yeah, the yeah, batting yeah, helmets, the they helmet. turn the, ups, the helmet upside down and put the ice cream in it. Yeah, I don't think that helmet is protective. I don't think if you, if you put that on, it probably wouldn't stop, stop a, a If ball. you could put your head in that helmet, that would be impressive. We could use it for other things, I suppose. But anyway, wow. Yeah, so that, that interesting. That was good. So the last topic we're going to briefly touch on today, which will be the subject of a, put, a, put, a, putrid, a putrid a putrid show. This was putrid. This isn't the best. Uh, is true urban legends. Mm. Now, everyone knows what an urban legend is. I'm not going to talk about that. However, most people think that they're just modern folktales meant to scare people or convey some kind of a message. Uh, but many people don't know that many urban legends are actually based in fact, or at least partial facts, that were later embellished as folks tend to do. For instance, killer clowns mm. used to be an urban legend. Uh, very recently, in the last, I think it was last summer, there was a rash of clown sightings mm. in different parts of the country. It, it kind of took it took off like a virus. It did, and but that does that belies the fact that prior to last summer, there were stories about clowns uh, killing people, trying mm. to lure kids into the woods. And I remember from when I was a kid, the rumors were around that you know there were clowns and white. Vans. It was the van, yeah, yeah. Well, there's actually some truth to these rumors. We're going to talk about uh, some of the real cases that involve killer clowns, if, which makes me <clears throat> hate. I hate clowns. Yeah, cl- clowns in, in general can be scary. But just just to plug somebody real quick, if I may. So like her, like plug him like an old gangster movie. No no no. I'm gonna plug you. No like give him free promotion. Oh, <clears throat> there's a clown, a local clown. I hope he's still around in business. His name's Bobo. Bobo. He's Bobo the clown. Bobo the clown. He's an older gentleman. I I know he's been clowning for years. Is and, that what they uh, call it? I'm going clowning today. Yep. He's, yeah. He clowns around. He drives like a I think it's a 1987 GMC Safari minivan. Does he drive it in the, in the clown costume? I wonder. He does have the clown costume. But let me just tell you this. Oh. The guy. Is amazing. He's like the Michelangelo balloon sculptures. <laughs> I'll tell you, he could he could make you if you wanted. Whoa! I seen him. He makes elaborate. He uh, need a lot of balloons. He's it's just like the typical dog and, and cat kind of thing. He makes like uh, full sized Spider Man, you know, superheroes. Mm-hmm. He I saw him do a Barack Obama. Really? I'm not lying. He made a Barack Obama out of balloons. Correct. Yes. He blows him up. He it was makes full it. of hot air. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway, no Bobo's great. Uh, he's good for parties. He's good for adult events, too. Wow. Maybe we should look at getting Bobo as a sponsor for this program. We could get Bobo. We could have him make clown animals on, on the air and wrap them up. We could have off. him here, but no one would know because it's a radio program. So there's no... Right, but you could hear the balloons. He could, you could yeah, hear him manipulating we, the we balloons. We could be doing that. It, you know what? He, it would be weird having a clown here in the studio making balloon animals on the radio because he probably would be in full costume, and it would be freaking me out the whole time. Here's what we could do. We could take requests from people. Mm-hmm. They could email us what they want him to make. And he would make them and send them a picture? He'd make, yeah, and then if they want it, we'll send it via UPS or something. You think it would still be in sh- shape? We don't, well, like it's a it balloon. Got, when it got there? No, probably not. No. You know, this is ill thought out. We should probably think of other sponsors. Anyway, that's the good thing about this show, though. Yeah. We don't need sponsors. Many people have heard the campfire stories about boogeymen, right? Mm. Which I never understood the term boogeyman. I always thought it was something to do with uh, nasal cavities. <laughs> uh, but anyway, 
everyone's heard the stories about boogeyman that will come get you if you're out alone at night, you know, in the woods or whatever. Well, there's a lot of actually real cases where people were hiding in the woods and did actually uh, take kids away and, and ultimately murder them, which is, again, not funny. No. But, but there are some real boogeymen out there. For instance, many people don't know that there was a guy on Staten Island, which is in New York, mm-hmm. who actually used an abandoned insane asylum as a base of operations to kidnap and murder kids. Why wouldn't you? Fun that, that seems like the perfect place. You know, well, if, if you look up every horror movie ever, that's all in that story. Mm. <laughs> Abandoned insane asylums and boogeymen and just wonderful times. So we're going to talk about that stuff. We're going to talk about all other things that maybe sounded like legends but are true, including snakes in a toilet, poison Halloween candy, Adam Sandler movies used to be funny. All these things are true, which many people don't know that. What happened to Adam? I don't know. You know, his movies used to be great. He, you know, I funny. He was a comic, comic genius. He was funny on Saturday Night Live. He, he was, was funny in his first several movies. He was. I don't know what happened to the guy because now he makes absolute crap. All he does now is give his friends jobs. It seems like the same people. Yes, are in every one of his movies. Which you know, don't get me wrong. If you had a friend mm. that was in movies, you would probably take advantage of that, right? I'm sure they're still. You know, he's still making money. So I guess you know. You know, I just read a statistic about Adam Sandler, and actually Netflix. If you look on Netflix, Adam Sandler movies are all over the place on Netflix. Mm. Netflix says that Netflix users have spent 500 million hours watching Adam Sandler movies. Really? 500 million hours. <laughs> think about that he for just, a minute. There's another one that just came out on Netflix, I think. Right? Uh, Cheeky McGee or something? I forget the name oh, of it. Oh, that was like a one-shot. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was like a one-shot uh, series mm. thing, I think. Mm. But Yeah, the guy, hey, don't get me wrong. Make the money if you can. Uh, I just don't think he's funny. Do you have any Netflix recommendations? Netflix, right? Well, right now, just like everybody, we're into the uh, the Thirteen Reasons Why show. Nope, never seen it. Never which heard is of it. a uh, it's a it's a it's it takes place in a high school, and it's I don't want to get into the specifics because, but it, it's very well done. It's very good. It's engaging. Mm. Uh, if you're looking for a, 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 and there's thirteen episodes, I believe, mm. and uh, to get into that, it was adapted from a from a from a book, which many things are. Right, right. But uh, how about yourself? Um, I'm currently, uh, I'm currently watching Great British Castles. It's a documentary. Uh, that sounds like something that would put most people to sleep. It, I, I would probably enjoy it. No, it's interesting. Uh, each episode they delve, uh, into a famous, uh, ancient British castle. They talk about the history of it, how mm-hmm. it was built and who lived there and you the know battles what I think fought be, around it. You know what I think would be a great, op- uh, great documentary? It would be, uh, castle bathrooms. You know, like, were they different? Were there, were there castles that had elaborate bathrooms? I'm always wondering... How did people go to the bathroom back in the day? They well, an interesting uh, that you mentioned that. Uh, well, as far as British castles are concerned, like they had, uh, they had literally chambermaids and chamber mm. servants, and they would clean out the toilets. That would and... they'd have like a pot, uh-huh. and and the you know the, the the king or whoever would get up and he'd go into do his business in the pot. And so it's probably a good job. And then the chamber person would have to clean, would have to clean the uh, the royal the royal hiney, if you will, oh. and, uh, and and clean the pot out. But I remember a a story of uh, you know the, the castle of Versailles in France, uh-huh. and back in its you know in its heyday, I don't know the exact years, but you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen hundreds, they'd have these elaborate parties. They didn't have bathrooms; they literally would just poo and pee everywhere. Throw what it, they, they would just they would just go over the side of railings. Wow! And people would have to come you by know, and clean it up. That me- that's you got a maid. When you can just go to the bathroom wherever you want, that's yeah. the ultimate freedom. Yeah, you, I guess. You, you really made it when you can do that. I wonder if Jay-Z and Beyonce just poop everywhere. I don't know. You know, they, they could probably do it. They have some people they, to clean they, it. Well, they have enough money to pay somebody to clean it up. Yeah. 
That's the ultimate freedom right there. Mm. Speaking of ultimate freedoms, I'd like to close on this topic. I don't know if you have anything else you want to discuss. I, no, that was all I had uh, planned. What are your thoughts? Mm. I, I'm, I'm interested to know uh, what your opinion and your, your thought process is on this. Because mm-hmm. I know you've experienced it and you've seen it firsthand. Yes. And we see it a lot here. I don't know if this is prevalent across other parts of the country. But it, it, but where we are, it's, it's certainly prevalent and for the reasons I don't really know. It's some sort of weird social phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Adult persons who wander around all parts of the day, midday, afternoon, doesn't matter when, they go out in public, into stores, restaurants, in pajamas, pajama mm. pants and slippers. Yes. And they wander around that way. Yes. Is that, why is that socially acceptable? Um, I think it's, it depends on where you are. I think that uh, the people who are going to go traveling around in pajama pants and slippers and house shoes uh, have given up. Mm. And uh, they're not interested in, in fitting in with society. Mm. Uh, they're not interested in upholding any of the social mores that we have. Uh, and they say, I'm just going to be me, mm. and me is in pajamas. I see it a lot when I uh, – so I have some offspring, yeah. um, and I pick them up from school. Mm-hmm. And I see the, I see the people, and, and men, women, there is, they don't dis- the pajamas don't discriminate. It doesn't matter. All races, creeds, like religions. Pat- patterned they're usually pajamas? patterned. They're usually yeah. – they're usually some sort of plaid, mm-hmm. or I've mm-hmm. seen I've seen a grown man wearing Tweety Bird pajama pants. Yes, picking up his kids from school at two thirty in the after- afternoon. Excuse me. Okay. Well, you know what? Think playing devil's advocate. Maybe mm. he he works nights. Well, here's the and, thing. And I thought about that. Yeah. I, I've I've worked different shifts my whole life. Yes. Shift work, worked overnight, so worked mm-hmm. all kinds of times. Never once have I ever gotten up. And in my pajamas and walked out of the house. Well, it doesn't seem very hard to just put some jeans on, does it? It's it's not. I mean, you could just do that. You're not you're not. Pajamas are specific to the home. They're specific to the home. They're specific to bedtime. You come home. I never understood why people wear pajamas anyway. Why do you? I mean, kids. Yeah. I well, some why people kids, do. Kids wear pajamas. Why do adults have to wear pajamas? But you get ready. You get ready for bed, don't you? I don't wear pajamas. What do you do? What do you? What is your prep? What's uh, your bedtime routine? Usually just a, a, some sort of a t-shirt and and the uh, just a t-shirt. The underwears that I was wearing a t-shirt. The, you have kids. You just wear a t-shirt. Is it a long t-shirt? Does it cover no, your private I, I parts? Wear underwears that are fun to wear. Oh, like what kind of underwear? Uh, you know, it depends on what I've got. Socially acceptable underwear. I was just thinking this the other day. I haven't bought underwear mm. in years. I have no idea where underwear comes from. I don't think I've ever bought it. What do you mean? It just shows up. I don't. I don't understand. Like I don't buy underwear. You don't wear through underwear. No, I've had the same. You underwear. soil your underwear. I know you. do. No, no, I've worn the same underwear for years. No. Yeah, I don't. Even, it's not like I'm not. You know, I'm the same size as I was 10, 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah, but there's just a natural wear and tear of the legs and the and the butt cheeks no, moving together. No, my underwear. Wears them out. Is, my underwear is, is still. You know what I was thought of? Do was you have funny Kevlar underwear? About underwear is. Do you, ever, do you have, and I have never asked you this question before. I don't think I've ever asked anybody this question before. Do you have safety underwear, like a pair or two that really don't fit you that well, but you hide them in the back yes. drawer in case there's an emergency yeah. and you don't have any clean underwear for yeah. the day? Sometimes they're not all clean and the, you have to dig out the safety drawers. Yeah, you get the ones that are like, you know, that you got like the Angry Bird underwear when that was big. Uh, you got the, uh, the kids the, gave you for Christmas or something. A pair of athletic smalls that you once yep. wore. Yeah, the bikini briefs yep. that you don't wear anymore. Yep. I have a pair of. Uh, so I, when I went, I went to a tropical island last year on a trip. Cool. And I, I'm not. I'm not usually one to partake in trends or fashion or anything like that. No. But I was going to a tropical island. I felt like I needed a pair of like, uh, you know. Very tropical pants, so to speak. Tropical pants. White pants. Oh, so you want them to look like Don Ho. I've, correct. I've never owned white pants before. And I've heard that there's some that there's some uh, secret subliminal 
um, and white pants signs that people that wear white pants are into. But I won't go, ve- really. I won't go into That's that. That's a subject for another show. It will. It is. But anyway, so I bought the white pants, and I'm like, well, I can't. I can't very well wear because I have a lot of dark colored underwear. Right. I was gonna say you for accidental see the purposes. Yes. So I can't. You can't wear black underwear no. with white pants. That would no. look silly. That would look silly. Yeah. So I'm either gonna go commando, mm-hmm. which I very well can't do. No. I can't pull that off. Or I'm gonna go just be out there. Everybody so I had to go see. out and buy white underwear. Yes. To wear with the white pants. So you, I'm assuming, did they make like white boxers? I guess you could. It's probably boxer wear it. briefs. Uh-huh. I bought one singular pair mm-hmm. of boxer briefs, and I, I bet you, knowing you, that last they lasted about three days. No, I never wear them. Oh, I only wore them the one time when I wore the white pants. That's it. That was the only time you didn't soil them. They didn't have skids. I didn't. No, thank God. Oh, well, it's an interesting conversation for another day. I don't, I don't know anything about the white pants being a signal for anything. Although I do want to talk about not today, but I, I do want to talk about going forward in the future sometime. Um, bathroom etiquette, mm. uh, s- signals that people may send you in the bathroom and things of that. So it's, that, that, we could fill a whole a whole show with that. Okay. But anyway, so that's it for for today. I think you know we really just wanted to talk about uh, some of the things we were gonna we were gonna discuss. Get into some of the topics. You can you can tell that we, we treat this very very lightheartedly, trying to entertain folks and and uh, really want to just make it something that you want to listen to and and try to be family friendly at the same time. Yeah. So I uh, well I appreciate Mike. We appreciate you doing this with me. Yes. Thank you. And uh, you know going forward, hopefully we can build on this. And uh, like I said, we we accept uh, all manner of uh, critiques and criticisms or any feedback that you may have or show topics that you want to hear about uh, at the Eon Project. At yahoo.com. That's the T H E Eon or Aeon. Aeon, if you are French. Project.com. So go ahead and uh, send us some some stuff if you if you want. And uh, we'll hopefully bring some more interesting and enlightening topics to the future here very, very shortly. So until next time, just remember the truth exists. Believe it. Believe it.